0: Hey, hey, hey you guys, thank y'all so much for being back on Black Canvas season eight. So I have an amazing special guest here with us. His name is James Corwin and he is an artist and I have admired his work and he said he wanted to be on the show. So we're so glad to have him here. His purpose behind each piece is to create and elicit an emotion from the viewer, to be drawn in and to share an intimate moment with the story unfolding inside of his paintings. He brings the beauty of nature to you, created as a reflection of how he sees the world and to preserve its fragility by giving back. He gathers his inspiration and references from frequent travels around the world by providing the utmost quality and innovation in his paintings. His aim is to create a sustaining legacy of integrity and loyalty with his collectors, art, and conservation. Represented by over 30 plus galleries nationwide, including his own Corwin Galleries, James is quickly becoming the preeminent wildlife artist of our time. He is prestigiously collected nationally and internationally through both private and corporate collections. And we're so glad to have Mr. James Corwin here with us on Black Canvas. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you so much.
0: This is gonna be fun, James. I'm excited. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. I,
1: I, you know, I'm always so honored to uh, be asked to do um, podcasts like this because it's just a wonderful opportunity to share my story and hopefully uh, provide some in- inspiration to other creators out there.
0: And you're definitely going to share your story with us. And I I know you've inspired me um, because I like to joke and tell people, I'm like, I can draw a good stick figure, but that's about it. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) you got to start somewhere. (laughs) You got to start somewhere. But I just love being able to see people who can live in their their authentic truth and share their experiences with us and that I can feel connected, even though I'm not a painter does not mean I don't have artistic background and I feel like we can use it in many different ways so that's why I love your paintings for sure. Thank so you, thank you. of influences can you tell us who was one of your main artistic influences and are you formally trained as an artist or were you more of a self-taught artist?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah so I consider myself self-taught um, because how I paint now and what I've learned is just, uh, through my own, um, time and practice. Um, I did go to, uh, school and, uh, get a degree in art. Um, but again, during those, uh, four years of college, much of my, um, painting exploration was very independent and there wasn't a lot of, uh, instruction. Um, so, Yeah, I I would say that I'm self-taught, and um, my influences over time have kind of changed a bit. Um, uh, Certainly, I'm, you know, influenced by a lot of the old masters. Uh, When I was first starting, I uh, was more into the classical style of painting, like... um, Albert Bierstadt, all the way to Caravaggio, um, the Hudson River School of Artists, uh, the way they use light, um, the way they can tell what narratives, um, speaking on Caravaggio, Um, but then uh, as I started to kind of find more of my uh, artistic voice in wildlife, you know, that started to change into following like Robert Bateman and um, John Banovich and a few other artists that I admire and how they paint uh, wildlife. And, uh, and now it, it's kind of changing a bit into like the more of the business and kind of looking into how um, Jeff Koons and Andy Warhol and um, Damien Hirst like approached the business side of their careers. So that's a little bit of uh, kind of my influences and in, in how um, you know, I've, I've trained myself over the, over the years.
0: I love that, James. And I have heard of Robert Bateman before. I think he's a Canadian painter, yeah. correct?
1: Yes, yep, yeah. And very well known uh, in wildlife painting. Awesome.
0: So I know a little bit about painting. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> cool. so I'm like when you said the name, like, oh, light bulb click. I know that name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. So let's kind of talk about some of the challenges that you feel that local art communities face. Can you kind of tell us what are some of those challenges?
1: Yeah, um, it, it's interesting because uh, the art market, um, it's always changing, right? But right now is actually a really great time to be an artist. Um, I've just noticed uh, a lot of artists uh, within, you know, my my community um, and the artists I know uh, succeeding really well these last few years. Um, I think where um, some of the the hardships uh, for local artists can be is just finding that community where um, there is support for the arts. Um, Because we all know oftentimes those are the the funds that get cut first, and there aren't always opportunities provided to artists and to just the general public to enjoy art. Um, I think it's also challenging for artists no matter you know where they are in their career to um, you know get into galleries and get their artwork out into the market, because um, that's always changing too. you know online now is it seems to be the place to uh, showcase your art, but then that being online can take you a lot out of the local community aspect, so it's it's nice to have a balance of both.
0: And I agree with that, because that kind of goes into my next question um, that that I really want to ask you, because I feel like this is something that I think can change for each artist. But how would you define success Mm -hmm. as an artist?
1: Yeah, so I think that speaks a little differently for everyone. Um, You know, success for one artist might mean... um, a large dollar amount per painting or getting into prestigious shows or selling a lot of paintings. Um, Others that could be just recognized for their work. Um, I think I'm more in line with that one. Um, Success for me, um, it really just goes down to the simple moment of that exchange when somebody collects my work and i see the emotional response they get from that piece um success for me is just seeing how my work can uh influence somebody emotionally um like when somebody uh breaks down in tears uh because they're so moved by my artwork that's like the biggest compliment of all and i feel like i've done my job as an artist you know that 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 piece was successful because it moved to somebody um, and that's always my aim for every piece that I do is um, how can I create a story and an emotion within this piece that um, you know can really move somebody and uh, make somebody think I
0: think James you just hit the nail on the head for sure as it relates to any type of artistry, when we think of an actor or singer, um, even with the show, like if someone has elicits a response that maybe they weren't expecting and then Mm -hmm. you feel like I moved them in some way, I feel like that is your connection to the world. And like I said, I've seen your work and I'm just in awe of it because it just just reminds me of just (laughs) how beautiful nature is and how we sometimes lose Mm -hmm. sight of it. Let's say like if you're traveling, you just don't think, oh, I want to stop and take a picture sure. next to this tree or to when well, you just see an animal that darts across the road. And it's just, it's just that's a mm-hmm. part of the world that we live in that there's so many things that go on that we have no control of. But if you can capture it with either camera or if you can capture it mm-hmm. in your mind and then recreate it in your own way, I think like that's the way of just building that connection. And there's mm-hmm. a quote by a lady, her name is Julie Israel. And I love this quote. She says that creative people do not see Mm. things for what they are. Mm. They see them for what they can be.
1: Mm, I love that. And I feel like that's what
0: you bring to the table. And that's what a lot of artists um, that I, I follow and I just admire. I'm like, they really are able to just be themselves. And then they are able to create something where you feel a part of it. Like you're almost there when you were actually had that snapshot in your mind and and that person feels like, Oh, you actually did this for me. And it just, it's a response Mm -hmm. that you just can never recreate.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, people ask me, how do you um, get your ideas? Are you just working from pictures or um, you know, photographs that you've taken and um, sort of, but uh, my ideas come in my head. So um, going along with what this could be, um, you know, I'll think of, okay, like, I want to paint um, a bear. Well, wh- what's this bear doing? Um, you know, what is it feeling? There's almost a personification that I want to uh, bring to this bear and create a story um, and create something that people haven't necessarily seen before. Um, And so once I create that idea in my mind, then I use a variety of photos to kind of piece it all together and recreate what I'm imagining. And that becomes the painting.
0: Oh, wow. I like that. I really love that. (laughs) I mean, I do. I mean, it reminds me of just like a poetry. So whenever I'm writing something,
1: I Mm -hmm. try to
0: think of a moment and then I will write a, a stanza. And then I'll go back to it and then I'll look and see, how mm-hmm. can I make this actually go here? Like if you're doing a haiku, it doesn't have to rhyme, but it's still a way, of course, of you sharing mm-hmm. just what's going on. Like a lot of free verse is is the way I, that I like to share. Um, and I feel like with artistry, when we think of it's sure. illustration mm-hmm. for some people, if it's you know portraits, um, and I'm gonna actually ask you a question mm-hmm. in a second about like all verses like water. Um, with painting, but I think like it's so important to be able to use whatever that works for mm-hmm. you to create magic and that people can feel that connection mm-hmm. when they see it or feel it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah. can
0: you tell me about a piece of artwork that you're the most proud of? I know this is kind of like Sophie's choice, but <laughs> yeah.
1: No, there is one actually, and it I have it hanging in my studio. Not the original, but a print of it just to remind me. Um there, it's a painting called Roger, and it's of a rhino um, that I photographed in um, South Africa. And this painting is really special to me because prior to this painting, I had only been painting landscapes, and just really struggling <laughs> with the landscapes. I um, I felt like I didn't really have a style, and every piece looked different from the one before it, and I just nothing seemed to click. And so um, I did take this trip uh, to Africa and just was completely uh, in awe of the wildlife and inspired and took lots of pictures. Um, And when I got back home uh, to my studio, I remember talking to an artist, telling her my frustrations with landscapes. And she said, "Uh, just paint whatever you want to paint, regardless of you know, how good it is or who sees it, just do something you want to do. And yeah, was, I mean, it's pretty simple to say, right? Um, so I'm like, okay, <laughs> so I really want to paint this rhino that I photographed. Obviously, I don't think that I would be able to sell a rhino in Montana, but whatever. Um, so I started painting it and um, there's quite a few rhinos underneath the final rhino. I just kept picking at it and picking at it until I got it right. And it really was like the best painting I had done to date and the best experience I had. And then it sold within 24 hours for the highest amount I'd ever uh, made on a painting. And so that just really made a pivot in my artistic journey. And I've been painting wildlife ever since.
0: So... We have to just thank Roger, right? (laughs) What's that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, very special Rhino. (laughs) I love that. And I feel like we all have the, we can have those moments in our our careers. I feel like there's things we can call jobs and there's things that we do as a career. And I feel like you're able to make this Mm -hmm. a career for yourself because you actually have the love for the animals, Mm -hmm. the love for the experience. And then as you continue to cultivate that, then you're able to present it. Like you said, in 24 hours, that's a very short window of time Mm -hmm. that someone can not only buy it, but at the highest rate. That just shows you that the quality of the work was great.
1: Yes, it it was. If you had seen the work before it, uh, it's just night and day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So I have a fun question. And before I get into some other ones, I was thinking last night about like oil painting versus mm-hmm. like watercolor. And I know from what I've heard with mm-hmm. watercolor paintings that a lot of times um, the drying time can be a little different. And I think with oil paintings, I believe it's more expensive. and mm-hmm. You use like different types of oil that um, that can change like the um, the mixtures, mm-hmm. like like pigment, I think particles for some, and I think it's something called, is it um, linseed oil, I believe? Okay, and I yeah. think that was something uh-huh. that can be mm-hmm. used. Um, and it depends on the, the, thickness, the thickness or the texture mm-hmm. or adhesiveness of some of the paintings mm-hmm. can be a little different. But with water painting, from what I've heard, um, it also is more like the soluble kind of water together with mm-hmm. certain like dry pigment powders, am I correct?
1: Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even um, some watercolor paints come in liquid form.
0: Really? I didn't know that. That's what I'm I'm a little, I'm learning more about it. But I was like, I wanted to kind of see what were some (laughs) of the differences between the two. I know you do a lot of oil paintings.
1: Yeah. So I only work with oil paint. Um, It's what I started with and what I've stuck with um, and what I know well um, I've done a a little bit of watercolor, but it's quite a different painting process. Um, I mean, a lot of it is even in, I think like kind of painting in the negative, meaning, um, my brightest whites are, you know, the white of the paper. And I have to think about those spots first and work backwards from that. Whereas an oil painting, I tend to work dark to light. So, I work up to my brightest whites Um, and uh, um, oil painting obviously um, can stay wet for much longer and can be worked over a few days. Um, I don't use linseed oil just because I don't like the um, uh, the viscosity I guess of it and and how it interacts um, with the other colors. I actually just use um solvent which does speed my drying time um watercolor dries pretty quickly and it's unforgiving (laughs) if you put down the wrong color like whoops uh, you can't really go back from that too much whereas in oil paint eh, you just let it dry and you can paint right over it so
0: that that's a huge Um,
1: difference like you mentioned (laughs) yeah exactly so i like that i can you know correct my mistakes pretty easily too um and then there's acrylic which a lot of people use acrylic paint um again i don't really like acrylics um they're uh they dry um a different color than they are put on um so you have to like compensate for that um they dry really fast so I I don't like it because I'll like mix the color I need and then I'll go back for more and it's already dry and then I have to mix more.
0: (laughs) So So that makes sense. So with the watercolor paintings, those are more can be considered like more like Mm -hmm. an abstract, like if you make a mistake.
1: (laughs) I suppose. I mean, there are some really wonderful, masterful watercolor uh, artists out there. Like um, one of my favorites is Joseph Zabukovic. I think Zabukovic, yeah, and um, oh man, like unreal, and just watching how he paints looks so effortless, and it's just really impressive, um, but yeah i don't I don't do enough watercolor painting to really know um, how to uh, fix a mistake. <laughs>
0: I totally understand that. <laughs> so can you tell me about like your time management? How do you work like um, as it relates to a lot mm-hmm. of your paintings? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so I structure my day much like any other um, work day. Um, usually up um, early, um, I mornings are my favorite. So it's usually like coffee and just time to think and then the gym. And then I'm usually at work um, between eight or nine, um, which is my studio. And, you know, I'll I'll work till about six and sometimes seven. Um, And then I just go home and eat and go to bed early. And yeah, I'm not like one of those artists that like work at like, you know, 2 a.m. or stay up into the wee hours of the night like that was never me like I need to be in bed by 10:30 <laughs> so yeah so my my work days are are pretty structured um and they're you know they're can be longer than just the 9 to 5 but that's fine
0: but i think that's kind of depends upon the type of art that you're doing at that time if it's more of a structured um, piece or if it's something if you have a time constraint on getting something completed for let's say um a gallery yeah. or for an individual private okay. person
1: yeah yeah absolutely I mean sometimes I will go in at night and I definitely work most weekends I'm I just I'm often working seven days a week because I find it difficult to just sit at home or something on the weekend and unless i have something planned then that's great i'll take the weekend off um but often i'll, I'll be working um seven days a week and then i'll you know take a, a week to go um you know out in the field somewhere on a trip and get inspired get some new ideas
0: and I think that's great. And it gives you time to kind of rest. I think a lot of times mm-hmm. for many of us who work five to seven days a week it's you sometimes don't think yep. about how much energy you're exerting um, in that moment. If oh, you're like, I need those, those power <laughs> naps or breaks. So one thing I, I did learn, and I want All to right. kind of give you this as a tip. Um, so I was able to yeah. um, listen to a podcast by Jay Shetty and he talked about um the importance mm-hmm. of breaking your day up into time frames. And so he said that um you think of the time oh. that you go to bed, let's say if it's 1030, and then the time that you wake up, let's say it's 730. And mm-hmm. so then you look for the midpoint of those time frames. Mm-hmm. And then he said, if you can find that midpoint, then it tells mm-hmm. you almost how your brain is wired and how you think. And it's a um, book by Daniel Pink, which is called When W H E N. Mm-hmm. And it kind of tells you more about the type of individual you are, if you're more analytical at this time, um, or, you know, however you you choose to use your time, Mm. it really breaks it down. So the three different types of people that we can be, we can be a third bird, a lark, or an owl. And it's really cool. So if you ever get an opportunity to read the book, or um, if Mm. I can find a podcast episode, I'll send it to you. But it really breaks it down in depth and I was like when I started to look I'm like oh that does make sense and so of how I think and how my brain works and so I was like oh this is cool yeah. <laughs> that sounds great yeah I'm super interested in learning about that absolutely so I'm gonna look for it this afternoon I would definitely send it to you for sure no problem so James can you tell us um if you could give your younger self one piece of advice I want you to choose a specific age mm-hmm. What would you tell young James?
1: Mm -hmm. Oh man, (laughs) it's even hard to pick a specific age because um, it seems to span many ages. But the thing I would tell myself is focus, focus, focus. Um, I am a creative person and I feel like I've spent so much mental energy thinking about all the creative things I'd rather be doing while I'm painting, being writing music, uh, making movies, um, you know, the list just goes on and on, acting. Um, oh man, yeah, I before I didn't know I could do art until I was a senior in high school. And before that I was writing music and I applied to colleges to be a film composer. Um, but then I got an art scholarship right when I was graduating high school. So I had to kind of do a quick shift to, uh, find an art program. Um, so I, um, yeah, just knowing myself and my creative, uh, pursuits, I think I would just say to my younger self, just focus on the art more diligently and don't. You know, waste time dabbling and all these other things.
0: I love that. I mean, I think focus <laughs> is something that many of us struggle with. So I love that. Yeah.
1: It's something I still deal with all the time.
0: <laughs> Trust me, if there's a squirrel running past here, I'll probably lose focus myself. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> For sure. Now can I you know. can you tell us, James, like What's the best advice you've been given? Is there someone that has given you advice that you still hold on to? <laughs> yeah.
1: So I think it's, this is going to sound strange, but I think the best advice came from this artist that I really admired. And he said, you'll never get rich being an artist. And I thought, well, that's really strange. Um, I don't like that. So <laughs> I told him, that may be true for you, but it's not for me. <laughs> and I <walked> away. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like the advice of not being rich, like just fuels me to like be successful, not just like in monetary terms, but just like, I, I feel like I have to prove myself and this person that like, you know, I can,
0: I can do it and do it really well. <laughs> <laughs> and you have you have <laughs> but James I think a lot of times with that that's a lot of insecurity within others um yeah. and so when people start projecting um their own negative energy out there mm-hmm. in the world I just remind myself that we are all different and we're unique and we get to choose how we want to be treated and how we choose to be respected um I'm going to do a self disclosure myself as a mm-hmm. counselor when I first started counseling I wasn't making anything whatsoever, yeah. in my opinion, versus what I was actually doing. And and my salary, of course, has increased over time. Yeah. And of course, when you're licensed, you can ask for more. But I had, I'll never forget, I had a boss. Oh, my God. And she literally mm. told me, she was like, do you really think that we're going to pay you more money for this one? And I was like, what? And I mean, I had given years and, and so much time and energy mm-hmm. to this company and was already making less than I should have. And I was doing it because I loved, mm-hmm. of course, the clients. And the reason I left wasn't just, of course, by mm-hmm. because of pay, but it was just the disrespect and just the way she said it and how she was treating me. Yeah. And, and I told her, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do what's best yeah. for me. And I turned my notice in and moved forward. And I ended up, of course, having other opportunities Mm. since then, but the position (laughs) that I was thought I was going to be offered, she never did. And guess what? I have that position right now at another place. And so I was like, you know what? Sometimes the (laughs) higher power, you know, can move in other ways to that he might be getting you out of that negative energy and what that Mm. person may not want for you. That's great. It wasn't for me, but- it was meant for me to meet new people, to make new experiences, to touch people's lives. Mm-hmm. And I will never take that back at all. But I would I don't mm-hmm. want to be in a toxic situation. What if it's relationship, friendships, job, you know, you want to make sure that you're feeling wanted and respected, but you have to want and feel those things for yourself before you start looking for it in other places. And so I knew my worth and I knew wasn't what I wasn't gonna stand for. And I just was very assertive. And I mean, Mm. she went after me in those two weeks and did every negative thing she could do to try to come against me. And I just never, I will never forget like when I finally turned in all my stuff um, that last day and she was just like, just very rude and very ugly. And I just remember saying, thank you for the experience. And I walked away and Mm. the old me would have probably cried or, maybe got angry or yelled Mm -hmm. and said something. And I was like, no, don't (laughs) give her that because she's obviously miserable and she has her own issues. And that's not for me to worry about. It's about me moving forward and being grateful that I had this opportunity, but also knowing Mm -hmm. that you can't change other people. And so I love with your artwork. That's why I say how much I admire you is that I can really tell that you have a passion for this, but you're really about making genuine connections with human beings, and that is what makes your artwork stand out from a lot of others.
1: Mm, thank you. Yeah, and <laughs> thank you for noticing that. <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well
0: James, I only have two more questions for you. All right, so the sure. first one is, can you tell our listeners mm-hmm. how they can find you online? And the second part of that question so can you tell us what's next for you so that way we can look out for you and what's new?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um uh you can uh see my art at jamescorwin.com. Uh my Instagram is also James Corwin. Uh, my gallery is Corwin Galleries. Basically, if you just type James Corwin C-O-R-W-I-N into Google, um, a bunch of stuff related to me comes up. Um, so pretty easy to find and, um, gosh, what's next? Oh, so many things. It seems, um, uh, right now I'm out at, uh, my place on Long Island in New York, um, working on some paintings, but I'm also took out my art business book manuscript and kind of blowing off the dust, so to speak, and updating it. Um, I think it's about time that I put out my art business book. Um, so I'm writing that, um, my publicist has, uh, quite a few events for me this fall, um, which are exciting and they're just kind of getting me more out into the limelight, um, so to speak. So, yeah, so there's a lot of exciting things coming up. I'm relocating my studio and home to um, a larger town in Montana called Missoula. And I'll be living and working there, which is um, much closer to the airport so I can um, get to my travels a bit more uh, efficiently. Um, And of course, uh, a lot more painting to be coming
0: i'm just very excited first of all that you have given me your time and energy to share this experience i feel like i've learned so much about you in just a short period of time (laughs) thank you and i i'm really really excited
1: well thank you i'm excited too um you know there's there's so many exciting things going on right now um in my uh art career and um it can almost seem overwhelming and and like where do i uh you know focus <laughs> and so part of my time coming out here to new york was really to work on restructuring my business and really um kind of separating myself from my office and studio so that i could really um Kind of work on what matters most in the business and that includes um a couple of new employee hires so um so i'm currently um interviewing some candidates for a couple new positions that i have open for full-time um employees and that will be at the new space in uh, missoula montana so um yeah so with all these exciting things happening comes uh new growth
0: absolutely so i just want the listeners to know james is just saying he's offering me a job yeah right? <laughs> yeah no inquire within right yeah yeah he's like I don't even know who he's offering me a job that i can't do but you know i'm taking it you know <laughs> oh i'm sure i can find something <laughs> Yeah, You can find something. I don't, I don't know how well it'll go, but, you know, I'm, I'm there 100%. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, James, I really have enjoyed this conversation, and oh, this has been fun, and I want to have you back in the future, so if there's any time that you're interested in kind of sharing more about mm-hmm. your story, if there's new things that are happening, or if you just want to talk mm-hmm. more about artwork, I am more than happy to have you back anytime. time. Yeah. Thank you. That'd be great. I would love that. Awesome. Well, thank you again, James. And for our listeners, let's remember to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. All right. Well, James, thank you so much again. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.
1: You You too. Thank you so much. No
0: problem. Bye.
1: Bye.